0: one of the things we talk about is if we don't give effort if we're not recognized for effort at university of oklahoma then i'm a con man and they're a fraud all right guys welcome to the Oklahoma breakdown podcast brought to you guys by sb nation's crimson and cream machine i'm your host this evening Kami i'm robbie and joined by daryl from the just okay pod like guys if you haven't subscribed their podcast you should because first of all it's great content second of all there's good people daryl and troy are really awesome guys but thanks for coming on daryl how's how's life man how's your
1: evening uh it's good life is good uh i do hope we're good people podcast is legitimately just okay it's all just oklahoma sports and you know that it's just average that's who we are it's what we're doing but yeah, no, life's being, good you're um, being humble
0: and i appreciate that oh, but gosh. you know it's a great podcast. Oh, man, we
1: I we have like fun, it. man. We have a good time.
0: We have a good time. I like the I like the Thunder coverage more when there are more expectations from the team because like people get yeah. more angry. Now it's just kind of like, <laughs> well, you know, they played a game and they're supposed to lose well, in so all, you can't really get in angry. In all
1: fairness, I've got a six month old right now at home and uh, first year my wife back teaching full time with all that stuff. So it's been hard for us to podcast the last several weeks, but there have been several phone call throwdowns over Poku. So as soon as we get (laughs) back on, there might really be some, some anger uh, come out through the pod on some thunder talk. We'll see. Are you a, are you a believer in Poku or no? Nope. No, absolutely not. I I am out on the Poku. At least I would, let me rephrase that could Poku have a 15 year career where he's like a eight to 10 points a game kind of. Yeah. But we traded up in the first round to grab a guy that obviously is like however many years away from contributing. And that's what I just like, if that's the case, just sit and wait. Like you have all these assets. If you're going to trade up, go, go get a legitimate, Mm -hmm. like, let's go build this thing. And that's my big, like, grievance with him and everybody else you know Troy's in the camp of like all-star in a couple years type deal and I'm just like whoa uh no 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 no. like sorry okay just don't buy he's, it.
0: he's like I, I think he's like he's of course he's a long-term prospect he's he's a this man's like five years out from being a legit NBA player maybe not five maybe three or four years out from being a legit contributor he's uh it's fun to watch him play because like he looks like a praying mantis kind of he's so lanky <laughs> But uh, he, uh <laughs> he looks awkward out there for sure. But yeah, I, I'm I'm in yeah. on the experiment just to see what happens because sure. we saw him in the G League or the yeah in the G League bubble, and that was kind of entertaining. But I guess we can switch gears to more what we're talking yeah. about tonight. Um, yeah. kind of kind of a first announcement that you know we talked about it before the podcast about the obvious things <laughs> going on. Of course, there's something going down involving Northern Police Department. Uh, Trajan Bridges, Seth McGowan, yeah. and, like, me and me and Daryl talked about it before the podcast. Like, guys, I'm not going to say anything about the situation. We're not going to speculate on the situation just because we don't know anything that actually happened. You have, you have, like, the police tape that you can hear the recording, and you have the police report, and you've got that. And even then, like, the witness that we talked about, the witness wasn't even, like, very <laughs> helpful. Um, no. And, It's just a lot of speculation. And so like I figured this would would be super hashed out probably this week. Uh hashed out would probably should not be the word I use there, but like it'll be figured out (laughs) sometime this week. Uh and then it could go up
1: in smoke. We'll see. Yeah,
0: it could go up in smoke. We'll never know. Uh, (laughs) Um, but uh once it officially the verdict comes down, then like I'll feel comfortable discussing it. It's just speculation and some police reports. There's no arrests been made, and it's a very weird and awkward situation. So we're just going to skirt past on by that and talk about something more interesting. Chandler Morris <laughs> says oh, he gosh. has been set free on Twitter. Set and free. then Lincoln Riley, of course, uh, had released him from his letter of intent. It wasn't a transfer thing. So, can, is this is this thing, is this storyline officially dead? Can we stop talking about... Chandler Morris and him is he do you think he's even going to start this year for
1: them I mean could he I think he could uh I definitely think he slings the ball better than Duggan does um right and yeah athleticism based on what I saw he looks faster I don't know if he's like a better like twitchy kind of guy but just straight line straight up get down the field right run- I mean, yeah, he has every chance to win that job. I don't I don't think there's any doubt about that. But, you know, will it be a story or not? Honestly, it's gonna come down to the college football stuff if if other things pop up, right? It's it's unfortunately it's this news cycle, right? If it gets boring, everyone's gonna keep drumming up, you know, Lincoln Riley doesn't want kids to have their freedom and yada. And they're just gonna keep beating that drum forever. And look, I'm on that side. I don't understand. I don't understand it. I I don't, you know, I I understand that it's not fun to play a kid like Chandler Morris. Probably in six months, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. want to play him. He's Mm -hmm. I think he's a really good player, right? And so, I understand that part of it. But like, it's a new era. It's a new day, and like everyone's letting kids transfer. I mean, that's just kind of. I mean, even obviously now the Big Twelve changing that. So. I don't understand why Lincoln is so hard set on interconference transfers, um, as opposed to everything like let the kid go. And if he can play, he can play. If not, go beat him. Like that's that's your job regardless. Like go beat him, go do your thing.
0: For now, and for and now because we kind of differ on this, and it's not because it's not because I don't I don't care about Chandler Morris going to TCU. He's like <laughs> he's not gonna start. I and mean, he he and he's gonna say that. And his avatar and his Twitter banner is still him in an OU uniform. So I don't know what that's about. Like, change that, bro. (laughs) But secondly, it's not about that. Because people are like, oh, man, like Chandler Morris going to TCU. You know, Gary Patterson's fielding a hell of a defense and getting maybe some good offensive players. The first time, because, like, it's TCU, nobody cares. It's Fort Worth. It's private school. The first time Oklahoma looks at KU or Kansas State and is like, man, this running back had a really, really good year. Once you try your right. talents on that highest stage and then Oklahoma goes and poaches that guy, the big 12 will melt down yep. to a core. And everybody will be even more angry at Oklahoma or at Texas. So like now, like these smaller schools, like, Oh, Lincoln Riley is so mean. It's like, you really don't understand like how bad this is going to end for the West Virginia's and the Texas techs that yeah. like they're going to have the really good kids and they're going to get poached by the bigger schools and in conference. Yeah. So like, you know, and I'm just so glad that more things took up the news cycle so that we would stop having people talk about the Chandler Morris thing. It's like, it's so overdrawn. Like, oh, his dad's the high, high school coach at Allen, and that's going to kill recruiting and all that interesting stuff. It's yeah. not, it won't. I mean, like, nope. do Texas high school coaches talk? Yes. Is it that big a deal? It's not, uh, especially the way they recruit. But it's yeah. just so silly. It's so silly. And, I man, I guarantee you that people are going to freak the hell out when Oklahoma poaches somebody's best yeah. defensive player from Kansas State or from Iowa State. Iowa State they probably wouldn't do that when Matt Campbell was there. But somebody, yeah. and they're going to lose their minds but not talk about Oh, you letting Chandler Morris and Austin Kendall go and then being immediately eligible.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's definitely that. And I've even thought about like, you know, I do understand like when it's in conference, like, look, like you got to be like on edge as a coach already. And then like all of a sudden you see Matt Campbell out there, you know, like just for an example shaking Buki's hand after a game, a guy that you know kind of seems on the out and go, Hey, you know, you want to come play on a squad, right? Like, and now the recruiting starts when it's not supposed to, but there's no way to prove it. And there's no, you know, and so it's just like the NBA team. Yeah. Can't do anything with it. So for that, I I understand all those sides of things, um, you know, and that it's there. I, I did not think about it from the how mad people will get from snagging from others which you're right on that but again like it's kind of that thing but it's also that's where Lincoln's kind of like hurt himself though too right because Mm -hmm. by doing this if he ever does that that's why they're going to get obliterated right but like if he to let it go then you have to say well like everyone else has been taking players like Kendall and so forth and so on and nobody everybody wanted to be on board with it and that's the That's the downside is if we did find a chip in Kansas that you could snatch, you can't do it now. Not, not without major blowback. People will kill Lincoln
0: Riley worse for this. than they did his brisket. Uh, It will be very, very (laughs) bad.
1: That was so bad. Why did I, I mean, I barbecue all the time, bro. I do not post when it's real. If I do, it's like, yeah, I screwed it up. I don't like brag it up, man. That was, that was not good.
0: He has to get Benny Wiley involved and be like, Hey, tell him about my brisket. Tell him it was good, but (laughs) You know, it's interesting about the OU thing regarding the transfer stuff because we've seen it happen before with Baker Mayfield. And I remember the year Baker Mayfield sat out, right, because he had to set out his uh-huh. year. Remember when he went down? He drove down to Lubbock to help them, like, scout the Texas Tech offense. Like, that dude's over the, out there with, like, binoculars and, like, helping them, like, <laughs> say the plays. And he did that against Tech for so many years. And like, You're if you right. let somebody be immediately eligible, it'll be uh. that's, and that's what, that's what Chandler Morris is going to do this year for yeah. TCU. Yeah. And with that defense, oh, yeah. I mean like, Hey, yeah. anything could happen, but, oh man, what a, what a, what a fun time to be alive. Um, <laughs> yeah. Before, before we even got that's on great. the podcast, like eight around eight o'clock, seven 45 Porter Moser gets great news. He gets. Yeah, he does. Eastern Washington transfers. Transfers. The first one, Tanner Groves. He's a big sky player of the year. Average 17 and 8. He's kind of like basically, and I I, I talked to Daryl about this before. Like, he's pretty much like what we all wanted Brady Manic to be. Tough inside. <laughs> he's got a nice kind of jump shot. Uh, he is tough mentally. He's got a really nice, really, really nice head of hair. Kind of looks like Charleston Heston. Uh from the Moses character uh, that he played, Charlton nice. Heston. And, uh, but also his brother, Jacob Groves, who's a six, seven yeah. kind of like guard forward. He's kind of like a small four, whatever you kind of want him to be. He's got a jump shot. He averaged nine and two. And so that's yeah. great news uh, for Porter Sweet. Moser and what he's trying to do. You got long athletes that are, can play inside and out. And now like we're kind of waiting on Devion Harmon to see what he's going to do. Or is it going to be, Elijah Harkless they're recruiting they're getting a trend they're looking at transfers from UTEP from a point guard I know Mo Gibson wants the ball in his hands more uh, this yeah. team like how good they are kind of really hinges on Debian Harmon and if and he, if he g- comes back I guess but what do yeah. you think about the Porter Moser uh, experiment so far mm-hmm. He's already got two transfers in and a guy that's already committed
1: yeah I mean you know for one, I think it's a great showing. I mean, look, I think we would all agree. Um, I remember listening, to guys, just listening to his press conference, right, getting here. I mean, for one, he comes off like he's 35, not well, – I think he's 52, I think is what his age yeah, is. Yeah, he's 51, like 51 right? but, or something like that. But comes off super young. I mean, and the other thing, like, this sounds dumb, but, like, I think it still matters to kid. Like, dude is pretty yoked, right? Like, <laughs> I was like – So this guy obviously still works out, is moving, all these different things. And now you're seeing that energy, that effort, that discipline paying off on the recruiting trail already. And granted, these are small conference guys, but these are guys that can play. Basketball is so different than football Mm -hmm. is, right, in that way. And so I think this is a huge get for him. Obviously, there's been all this rumor about Crutwig and whether or not um, he'd make the move. Now it's really, I mean, let's see what he can do with Harmon. And and you and I talked about this. I mean, I think if Harmon with, with Harmon, the Groves brothers, and if Harkless would come back, I mean that, like just those four names right there, that's a lot of athleticism. Are they going to win the big 12? Probably not, but they're going to be very competitive night in, night out. And it's going to be at least a fun team to watch, I believe under, under Mosier. So, you know, we'll see, but I mean, Harmon's, if all the rumor is true of Kentucky and North Carolina and everybody coming for Harmon, Indiana, I don't blame Blue him. Words, yeah. 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 I mean, I, those are, those are teams that are going to be on TV every single week. He's going to have every opportunity to blow it up and get his name out there for the draft. I get that, but he could also come to a team and have a narrative and I'm sure this is what Moser's selling him, right? Look, everyone left. They're all gone. It's yours now. And I'll hand you the keys and I'll let you run with it. And you're going to resurrect a program that should have died with its coach leaving. That's a historic coach and all these guys, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I'd be trying to sell him on is he's got a true narrative to sell to the NBA and the draft and all those kinds of things.
0: Well, because when, when Harmon was the guy, when Austin Reeves and Brady Manick were in COVID protocol, they only beat like, you know, one, a couple of the best <laughs> teams in the country with Harmon's dropping. That was like their 20- streak. A couple times, yeah. yeah, and he was just handling the balls, going to the rim every single time, and he was really good. And so when Austin Reeves got back, I was like, "Give the ball to Harmon. He's he's showing you he's one of your best playmakers when you trust him with the ball." So hopefully, who knows? It was yeah. it's weird because moser was like oh yeah i talked to Harmon. he's like definitely coming back he didn't say definitely coming back but he was like oh it looks like it's he was really back. positive he was pretty positive about it and all of a sudden it's like oh yeah he's gonna talk to coach cal tonight, and they're uh, gonna get a zoom call and uh north carolina's look at him so is indiana and all these other blue blood programs it's like well yeah maybe maybe he's uh, not <laughs> as sure who who knows but it really does seem the the team this team how far they can go like either they will be like the seventh in the big, t- in the big 12 with Harmon yeah. out, or they could go, they could climb as high as three or four with Harmon in. So it also just yeah. depends on what of the transfers they get in. And I don't know, Moser, it feels like a team that is going to start out a little bit slow uh, just because mm-hmm. the new system and they're playing more defensive basketball and really, really limiting possessions and putting, getting good shots. Uh, I think they'll start out slow, but start to get a lot
1: better as the year goes on. But I think that's well, And I mean, it's another, it's another year too. I mean, like Texas, I mean, everybody's exited, right. I mean, it's mm-hmm. basketball has gotten I mean, matter of fact, this is, I mean, I don't want to totally shift to call but I mean, it's kind of a, a look in the future of college football with all this free transfer stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Of just like, yeah. I have no idea like what Kansas will be next year right now. I have right. no idea what Texas will be like. It, it, it's crazy. I mean, obviously Chris Bearder thinks great, but like, what's he got? You know, I mean, like, mm-hmm. it, it's just it's wild to look ahead next year, and I have no way to forecast at all, other than really OU's team if some of these guys come back, just because I know what they're capable of. You know,
0: it's it's weird to think about. Just, I mean, it's just weird to think about basketball in general, like considering the past. I mean, before we look at the Kelvin Sampson, Billy Tubbs kind of era you recruit these guys at a high school and typically they're going to stay two to three years, two to four years at your program. And that's it. You were building your team through high school recruiting and AAU ball kind of, and that was it. Transfers happened occasionally. And now it's, you're going to recruit some, but you're going to get a lot of players to the transfer portal. It's like the, the, Mm -hmm. the narrative has shifted about how you complete a basketball team over the last five years you know and, and and football like you said with open season transfer rules with conference realignment coming up in the next two years it's going to be weird yeah. it's going to be wild it's going to be maybe fun it's going to be frustrating for people that are cheating and that can't call out other people for cheating because they're already cheating uh, that's why the <laughs> that's why the sec always like oh. they all know they're cheating but they can't yes. rat somebody else out because they're all cheating. And like, if you're not cheating, right. not working hard enough in football. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, trying. exactly. So yeah, Harmon, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if he comes back. I have no, I have no Intel on whether how good or how bad they felt about no. it. Moser felt really good about it at one point. So who knows his Harmon's dad suggested that, Oh, you still pretty high up right. the list, but of course that's what they're going to say. So I'm very curious to see how that shakes out over the next week.
1: Hey, if, if Moser lands that one after landing the brothers, the Groves brothers, though, right, like, now all of a sudden, my eyes and ears are very perked up to everything Oklahoma basketball, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. If he pulls that off and keeps him out of those blue blood places and says, you can be something here and can convince Harmon of that, man – then that tells me this guy can legitimately recruit. I mean, in my opinion, that's just where I think it will go. Like, oh, yeah. Does that mean like top, top player anywhere? No. But I mean, I think he's going to get some really good players and it's going to show he can really sell the product. Yeah, sign me up really if he fine. gets these guys back, for sure. Sign me up. And <laughs> yeah.
0: especially if they get that transfer from UTEP, which I think they have a good chance. And Mo Gibson, now instead of just like throwing it to the corner at a last second shot, I mean, if they're going to really value – possessions they'll actually run plays in offensive sets that will be good for him and if crutwig decides to come down oh you have a nice awesome huge tandem at the four and the five which is something that they have not had like in a while in a while a long time (laughs) ever yeah you got a big guy with footwork and then groves who has nice footwork but also is an inside out guy so that would be fun who knows uh one of the last things i want to talk about before we get to the break is. I've seen a lot of chatter, um, not necessarily haven't heard anything about his, about it kind of about Spencer Rattler's, not necessarily his ability. We're all very aware about his ability and how good he is uh, when he was behind Jalen hurts. People would look at him in practice and they would look at Spencer Rattler throwing the ball and think Jalen can't make that throw right now. And that's, no, you know, in right. the middle of the season, So we all know about his ability, but I think people are more worried about the ability between his ears and also his leadership skills because he leads by example, but you saw kind of what kind of quarterback he is on QB1, if you remember that Netflix show. And the worry is that he leads by example. He's not a raw, raw team guy. And somebody like Caleb Williams or Baker Mayfield, those are like the raw, raw team guys. And so – Are you worried at all about Spencer Rattler and maybe the persona of Spencer Rattler on the field or no, does this thing just fall in line once they get on the field?
1: No, I mean, I think you have to worry about it. Um, The quarterback position is so different, right? Like, and you have to fall on one of two sides uh, of the coin in order to command that locker room and to command that huddle. And that is, you have to either be elite, which I think this year, Spencer will have the chance to be that guy. You know, everybody's worried about between, like, people remember, like, he didn't get to play what the last half of his high school season. He redshirted behind a guy that was a very different style of quarterback. So, literally, the whole offense was not really what Lincoln mm-hmm. wanted to run. Right. Then you have COVID with no spring, no summer, no nothing. And he comes in, and then you saw the back half once he finally got settled in it, what he could do. So, I think he'd be on that end. But then the other side is the raw, raw guy, the guy that can get in those. I mean, the Baker, I mean, that's, I mean, that's why we loved Baker seeing him get in a defensive huddle and see guys actually believe that they could maybe get a stop when they couldn't uh, that showed you his leadership. Right. Mm -hmm. And it seems as though Caleb Williams very much has that. So, I'm not worried in the sense that I think that we're going to see Spencer land on the elite side. I think he's going to play so well. And I do think he's matured. Even just watching him on the sideline last year, still pretty cocky. Yeah, -hmm. but it seems a lot more reined in. And even just listening to him talk in press conferences, they've definitely helped him know how to – talk about his teammates to talk about his coaches and to build them up as opposed to just go, I'm better than all of you. And y'all just need to bow to my greatness. And I think that comes with getting to college too, right? Like no matter mm-hmm. how good you are, even Trevor Lawrence, you come in and see some of those defensive tackles chasing you and you go, you know what? I'm not going <laughs> to piss you off today. I'm going to kind of like be a teammate, you know, mm-hmm. um, and look for some help. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think Caleb Williams charisma, if he doesn't play elite will become a problem but if he plays elite i think it goes away and it's fine.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting and you know Spencer Rattler I, th- I think you you hit it on the head about his maturity. I think that's one of the big things is yeah he's a hell of a talent and uh, a lot of a lot of scouts even uh, you know kind of compared him to uh, Patrick Mahomes just his arm talent. If he can make all the throws um That arm, like just with his arm, it's incredible the arm talent he has, and like to me, it was always about maturity. And we saw, we see, you know, it to get to the heads of some people. I mean, like Spencer Rattler was doing the Gator Chomp at the at the Florida Gators in the Cotton Bowl, (laughs) and I was like, well, I mean, like that's something that Baker Mayfield would do at the end of the game, maybe not in the middle of the game. Uh, But again, you know, that was his first real year actually playing in front of everybody. And so like I figured, you know, the more he gets into that system, the better. But who knows? He might only have one more year left. And so so you might not really get to see him truly mature. But I'm curious about what he will look like this year. Uh, We know he's going to have an immaculate arm. But I'm curious what kind of leader he's going to be for that team. Um, And I think that'll be very telling about who the Mm -hmm. teammates gravitate towards. And I'm very curious to see what that looks like in the middle of the year or when things get tough. He yeah. turned his game around at during the Texas game. And I, I don't know the leadership standpoint, but I just know he was making some stupid, amazing throws, uh, especially the yes. Big 12 title game when he threw a ball between like four defenders and Jaden Hazelwood <laughs> was right there. And I was screaming the entire time because I hated every piece of it, but whatever. Uh, but yeah, yeah man i'm not worried about his ability but leadership not are you worried about leadership or is it mature i mean I, I
1: again i i don't think that we can ever expect spencer to be definitely not baker mayfield yeah um right well like let's go this way right like kyler murray really wasn't yeah right i mean he was lead by saw the, example i'm a badass exactly and and that's the thing it if having this whole year really, again, if we see the jump we saw from that Texas game moving forward, imagine like just in Lincoln sitting him down and then going to halftime going, you got to do what your job is and quit trying to be crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. And in a moment in the biggest moment of his career, he stepped up to the plate. Now if Lincoln gets a whole offseason to do those things with him, and he just plays that good where it's like, good Lord, look at this throw. Look at that throw. Look at, like, it is not going to matter that he sits at the end of the bench because things aren't going good because everyone's going to go, it ain't going to matter. Superman's about to be on the field and we're going to win the game, right? And that's yeah. why I say I know his talent's there. But we also saw the, that immaturity side of seeing the field and, again, trying too much, trying to be mm-hmm. what he was in high school he gets rid of that and just does what his ability is and takes advantage of Hazelwood, Bridges, Mims, Williams, uh, mm-hmm. Gray, Brooks, Stogner. I mean, you just start going, Mikey, I mean, he's got so many weapons to go to. If he does that, no one's going to care how raw, rah or not he is. They're just going to know, leave him down there, let him do his thing, and we're going to come out and just, you know, he's going to take care of business, you know, and, that, and that's who he's got to be. I think that's just who he is. Uh, I think once the lights are
0: on and they get on the football field, if my man isn't holding on to the ball too long, he just yep. gets rid of it. They're hot routes and just get rid of it. I think he'd be really special. I think that'll be his really next step in his progression. Uh, everybody yep. around the league, from like the SB Nation folks, you know, like the the people at you know Cowboys Ride for Free and all their yep. other ones. They're basically like, dang it, this looks like Patrick Mahomes before he figured out his entire play style, and it's gonna get really bad next year if he figures it out. Which, I think he's figuring it out. So, yeah, it's bad I news for of the league. But what we're gonna do, is we're <laughs> gonna, gonna go to a break for our sponsors, and then we're gonna talk about the running back room. I got this. Somebody gave me a really interesting question. And I thought I was actually really, really good. So, we'll go to a break for our sponsors, and we'll check you guys back in a second. All right, Daryl. So good question from Vaughn today. I don't know who he yeah. is. Just a guy on Twitter named Vaughn. <laughs> I said, I, he tweeted at me. I said, that's a good question, Vaughn. He said, running back room, who has more yards at the end of the season? I, you know, let's throw in yards and then like, let's separate the categories and touchdowns. Who has more yards slash touchdowns at the end of the season? Uh, Eric Gray, Kennedy Brooks, and why?
1: Okay, so this one's tough. Um, but here's where I'm going to land at. at what point do we stop questioning Kennedy Brooks? <laughs> like, I just, I don't get, I do get it right. He's you don't watch him and see him make this incredible spin move. You don't see him just truck five people and go down the field. But I wanted to go back. I was like, I don't remember. So I went and looked his sophomore year of high school, sophomore year. 169 carries 1200 yards that's seven and a half plus yards per carry mm-hmm. as a sophomore at Mansfield Texas so this isn't like he's out oh, yeah. in the middle of nowhere 1a school just running rough shot Legit he six ended Texas his football. career yeah 7658 rushing yards 96 touchdowns with an 8.7 yard per carry average and I believe he's up around eight or nine yards of carry average at OU correct like in his seasons
0: yeah, it's incredible. Um,
1: and then two years of a thousand yards when he hasn't even been the feature guy either time, like both times he's been the forgotten guy sermon gets hurt or whatever. And then here comes Kennedy Brooks. And it's like, Hey, this kid's pretty good. He just dropped a thousand yards in yeah. eight games. It's like, that's kind of what he's been doing his whole career. Like I, he's not I flashy because new. he's
0: not flashy and that's all it is. Yeah. He's he's consistent as, as it all is he's like a big Mac truck. He's not, he's not going to like jump over dudes. He's not going to really juke you out. He's a guy that's not going to fumble the ball. And he's just, (laughs) he doesn't doesn't really have a top end speed. He kind of just like coasts, but he's going, you know, he's going fast and he's, it's, it's not sexy. And right. But looking at the stats, when we thought Ramondre Stevenson, Kennedy Brooks, and Trey Sherman would all be back and then of course one was suspended and the other one left all three of them were like in the tops of nation's running backs and Kennedy Brooks I think I believe was number one in the nation in yards um off the off tackle so basically he ran yeah. a ton of he ran a ton of counters just like Bill Bow loves and he's number mm-hmm. one in the nation running off those and so like he's kind of teaching and coaching up Eric Gray while they're on the field together, like looking at the small details, the offensive line, cause he understands it the best. And he was also top five in yards uh, after contact when, yep. when he's on the football field, because he has a low center of gravity and he usually takes one or two guys to take him down. And again, it's not because he's like, Ramondre Stevenson, he's not Damian Williams. He's not Adrian Peterson. He just has good right. footwork and he's got decent hands but he's just not flashy, and I think that's why people are forgetting about Kennedy Brooks.
1: He he is a um, he is a more athletic, slender build P Ryan to me, right? Of just P Ryan was the same way. Find me a hole, I'm gonna find space, and I'm gonna run for days. And if you try to get in my way, that that was the difference. So he was so big, and when he trucked people, like you saw it, and everybody felt it, heard it, and knew it happened. Brooks just kind of slides off, like works his way out and just keeps going and has just a little bit more speed to him um, where he's broken some bigger ones. Now, so I would say yards, it's going to be Brooks, but I would say where we're going to see Gray is Gray, I think is going to be like that, almost that wide receiver of, he's going to be in the tops in the nations of like yards over or carries over 20 yards or over I think you'll see him break some really big runs through the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that consistent just five, six, seven, eight yards for 20 carries a game. I think Brooks will be your guy and he'll lead it in that way. And I think he's the bigger bowling ball. So he probably leads in touchdowns now receiving and big plays. I think those all go to gray.
0: Yeah. I think, man, it's so, it's kind of fun to think about how, Lincoln Riley is going to use all the tools in this offense because they have so many damn tools to work oh with. It's a, it's just, a, yes. it's fun to think about, you know, if nothing else goes wrong in the off season. Right. Um, right. <laughs> because <laughs> right. I think that Kennedy Brooks will score more touchdowns uh, than Eric mm-hmm. gray. I feel like, I feel like Lincoln Riley is going to use Eric gray in the way that he maybe used kind of a Joe Mixon as, Hey, we're gonna put Mikey Henderson or Austin Stogner or Jeremiah Hall, some one of those three guys in right. the backfield as an H slash fullback, whatever they want to use, whatever the term they want right. to use for these guys, and we're gonna put them in the backfield with Eric Gray, and so it's gonna be like oh three wide, and you got three backs in the backfield and in quarter, including the quarterback, and then. Spencer Rattler's gonna take a snap back and they're gonna put Jeremiah Hall on one side and Eric is gonna go to the other side and they're gonna be empty five wide. And that's yes. what they did with Mixon and team just could not mm-hmm. keep up. Like, because you can't sub that fast if you're just rolling like that, especially if you got Stogner no. in there, Mike and God bless you got Mikey Henderson. If you put Mikey Henderson in there, right. oh my gosh, that's just that's just a lot of fun. I
1: don't know, I don't know what like mm-hmm. you just call
0: it the fun formation, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mikey Henderson is the most I don't know if like even among fans he's the most underrated but that guy is going to open this offense like nothing else because he legit if you watched him last year he can straight run routes like he's a slot he is big enough to play full-on h-back and take on 250 pound linebackers and make them not want to play the next down and if you give him the ball, he showed last year, he is more than capable of making moves and take, like, I don't know how you, and like you said, that old school, uh, was it Long and, and hype right, that did their little diamond formation stuff, like you're <laughs> oh, talking man. about. That was so fun. <laughs> what do you do, like, it, seriously, if it's Brooks, Gray, and Henderson, with every, like, What do you do to prepare for that? Like, and like you said, even with Stogner on an end somewhere, you, now you move him out, you motion those guys. There's no, Iowa state's going to be trying to figure out what to do with their little three-man front when the lineup says that we're just about to run it down your throat. And we do for five straight plays and then convert over, like you said, to five wide. And it's just like, well, i don't really know what to do right now because it's hurry up and they didn't sub anybody
0: yeah and and because the defense they're gassed and like when you're on offense you don't really get tired of playing offense because you're about to go try to score <laughs> defense you yeah. get gassed, and they sub those guys in so much and if you know if you're getting yards 10 yards here 15 yards here you you're feeling it in your in your in your blood like all right let's go let's line up again let's go and you saw that again yeah. with teams when they had mixed in on the field. And so this team can yeah. be really, really fun, uh, killing a lot of defenses, morales, and just like yeah. really just wearing them down. And, but it's going to give the other teams more possessions for points because we expect this team to score sure. a lot of points. Uh, yeah. But it'll, it'll, be, it'll be fun to watch. So I think Gray has more, I guess, total yards because he's going to be catching screens, yeah. tunnel screens, flare screens, whatever you want to, he's going to be running the ball. Occasionally. I could see him doing a lot of big play stuff with him, uh, but Brooks is going to old reliable that like never fumbles the ball. Uh, I, I could mm-hmm. see him scoring a bunch of touchdowns down the red zone when needed most. So I don't know. It could be, it's going to be fun to see who gets what and hopefully nobody gets selfish because they're all on a plan to maybe go and win a national title or maybe they might be looking after the draft stock, who knows, but Kennedy Brooks kind of looking at his interviews to the hardest part for him was just watching his teammates go out there. And then also like part of it was staying in shape, but also to me, mm-hmm. I thought of Ricky Williams when he of course he had the drug problem. Well, <laughs> back then it was called a drug problem. Now there's like, yeah, do whatever, <laughs> just keep your body. Right. <laughs> but when Ricky Williams was out of the league for a year and he came back, he just killed the NFL because his yeah. body, just like he had a year to recuperate himself and had a year to yeah. heal and you take that off and Kennedy Brooks gets the same thing. So I wonder how fresh he's going to come in and really how able he is to it's... dish out some punishment. So should be really fun. But talking about dishing out punishment, Daryl, oh my gosh, <laughs> Patty Gasso's team just run-ruled Not only just Texas, which makes it just infinitely just the best. Absolutely. (laughs) Texas is the number eight team in the country. They'd only lost like two games prior to the series. OU women, softball, they run-rolled them three straight times. Three straight games. uh, Three straight games, complete sweep. Oh, my gosh. They're so good in every facet of the game. And and Patty Gasso saying, hey – this might be the best team we've ever had is kind of, it's kind of terrifying to think about for if you're other, yes
1: players. i mean dude I, I got into ou softball when uh Kehlani ricketts was the mm-hmm. pitcher and the home run smasher both on one team and just basically carried that team by herself you yep. know they had other good players don't get me wrong but i mean she was just otherworldly and now she she has built a monster and we were talking about this i mean everybody there they have four pitchers four that they can throw on any given day. And they're going to just lace people out all night long. And then who do you pitch to in this lineup that you're not afraid that yeah, even just you a don't. check swing becomes a home run. I mean, like literally the other night, I can't even remember who it was, but like totally got fooled and got out in front of the pitch. I mean, they're not compact and coming to the ball at all. And next thing you know, it's going over the left field, you know, fence. And it's just like, I, like how in the world they are, if they stay on this run, they're on at least for the foreseeable future, they will be the greatest team, not in OU history. They're going to be the greatest softball team ever. If they can finish it all out. I mean, there's a long way to go. Things can happen, but I was telling you other night now with the new Texas one out of their, what, 33 games, 25 or run rules.
0: Yeah. It's incredible. Like
1: <laughs> I mean, wild dude. Statue for Patty Gasso needs to be. Yeah. When is that thing going up right now? Her and Maggie Nichols both need statues on campus tomorrow. I because mean, it's unreal. Gasso has four
0: titles already. She's got the one in
1: 2000,
0: yes. uh, 13, 16, and 17. And she seems primed to win at least two more. Like it, this yes. year looks, they look promising and they look pretty promising yeah. over the next few years. Uh, God, if she, if she wins two more, that would put her at six. Would she be the most accomplished head coach in OU history? Or would you, uh, would you err on the side of other, other coaches? Because if she would
1: have the most. I was tr- well, I don't know. How many does the gymnastics men's team have? Yeah, that's
0: right. I, I didn't even think about gymnastics.
1: Gymnastics. Man, they, just, they just came sides. in second. Yeah. The women. I know. Team. And dude, I, I know people, guys on the discord were joking. What's wrong with her? Like. Dude, they lost one of the most dec well, they lost the most decorated college gymnast in history in Maggie Nichols on the girls. Mm-hmm. And then the most decorated senior class ever that didn't even get to compete their senior year. And they would have won it last mm-hmm. year had they all stayed. I mean, they're a machine as well. So I think those three coaches, it'd be one heck of an argument as to who's the best uh in the history of the school. I think, I think those three would be great, but As far as a a sport that more people watch, you know, you start talking basketball, baseball, football, soccer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the major sports. She is the face.
0: And it's so interesting to see how much success she has found later in her career in comparison to like. Uh, in comparison to Bob Stoops, who found a lot of his success early. Uh, And then in comparison to Barry Switzer, who found a lot of of his success early and kind of had to like revitalize his career in the 80s because he kept on losing to Osborne and those dudes. And it was almost like, you know, on the hot seat before he won the 85 title. And Patty, she she wins one in 2000. And then it's like a long, her teams are never bad. They're good. And then she just completely like just changes the game and the next thing you know she wins what three titles in a span of like five years what do you yes, do with that yeah. and like and it's not like they were bad the other years either they were very close the other since runner up
1: i think for two yeah. of those yeah and so
0: it's not like they've she's yeah. been hanging out in the background so like she's sound she's found so much success on the second half of her career and like you because you look mm. at what happened to sherry cole oh my oh my gosh, you yes. know? And then you oh. look at you look at Bob Stoops, who, like, after 2000, you know, it was great, 2003, besides the K-State yeah. game, 2004, except the <laughs> Orange Bowl, 2008 was really Eight. special. Right. And then, you know, they kind of just lulled out until Lincoln O'Reilly and oh. Baker Mayfield got there in, in 2015. And so it's, it's just a testament to her career, I suppose. And, yeah, yeah. wow. It's, so it's not a matter, I guess, of – if she's getting a statue, I guess it would be a a matter of how tall the statue is going to be and whether it should be the tallest one on campus.
1: (laughs) I mean, she definitely needs one that is more standing out than all the rest. Somehow, some way statue
0: right outside
1: the, the softball stadium. Right. But man, that's a great, I mean, I knew that, but the way you just framed that is just such a great thought of, it would be interesting to, to, see if anyone is really asked for that like how and you had some success kind of a a dry like season there and then now just destroying it like you said and that like even Roy Williams at North Carolina that's not been his career right great at Kansas then kind of we're okay goes to North Carolina has the same thing really good success right off the bat falling apart calipari i mean you can go down the list and maybe the only other guy that has just held it the whole time is nick saban right like he's just never been bad that's wild ever but there's there's not really guys you can think of that you put in that upper echelon like even urban every Mm -hmm. time he leaves somewhere like other than ohio state they've kind of kept it rolling we'll see without you know fields and all that stuff but everywhere he's gone and he left, it just kind of collapsed. It's almost like he knew the collapse was on the way. So I'm going to ditch out and right. lay low for a bit and then go somewhere. Right. And so, man, that, and that's just a great way to frame that. I guess Pete Carroll's
0: career kind of did the same thing. He he had yeah. tough time and then he got to USC, ditched before the crap hit the fan and then went to Seattle and yeah. had a lot of success. That's like in the second half of his career. I mean, like, yeah. OU fans, Typically hate nepotism because of Mike and Bob Stoops, right? But right. nobody cares about the the got, I'm air quoting the nepotism on an OU softball staff with JT Gasso no. because they're winning <laughs> national titles. So like you yeah. know, Bob would have won a few more. Nobody would have cared about Mike. And that, and that no. was that's that's that's, that's 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 the end yeah. argument of that. Oh man, <sighs> but, it, but speaking, you know, let's talk about football a little bit more.
1: The spring games okay. this week do you care about the spring game? What does it do for you? I love it. But for me, it's purely just scouting, right? Like it's, and I'm not talking from a scouting perspective of do we really know if they're great or not? It's not trying to see how far along Spencer, because Spencer's probably going to play little to none. Right. And so are all the other guys that they already know are great, but there is something that even in a college spring game, to watch these guys move, to watch how they set different things up, whether it's an O lineman blocking, whether it's a receiver setting, you know, seeing those things, that's where you kind of step back and go, there's there's something to this guy, you know. And I can mm-hmm. still remember this, will show my age, right? Like I remember seeing Mark Clayton very early in his career. And since we both played receivers, like, dude, that that dude can go, right? And He was a guy that was known, but it wasn't like people were not beating their doors down that we got Mark Clayton at OU, right? And you just watched him and went, this cat is different and obviously great NFL career and an incredible OU career. So I love it for that part of it. I love seeing these names that we haven't got to see. We've only seen them against 16 and 17-year-olds, right? And now Mm -hmm. let's see them against grown men, NCAA, and especially this team right now that's as deep as it is. I want to see a Shane Whitworth more. Like I, I I know he can move around now. I want to see if it's I'm, I'm hitting on all cylinders in the right position, right? I want to see Mario Williams supposedly get off of every press that they try to put on him and him just, right. And I want to see if that speed is really like Hollywood speed. Like, do we finally have a Hollywood Brown again? That's not just a one route guy, but a guy that can do some things again. I mean, so for that side of it, I love it. I probably watched, Spring games, obviously, because there's not as much college. But I watch them more than I do the regular season games, which I already watch like two and a half times over, trying to break things down. Mm -hmm. And I'll probably watch a spring game three or four to learn those kinds of things. So I love it.
0: I like I like the first half when, like, like you say, you know, like I don't care about the starters. Like my my worry about the spring game is like you wrap all the starters in bubble wrap, (laughs) don't get them hurt, please. Like David Igwebu. Spencer Rattler, yeah. all those dudes, keep them yep. safe because we've seen too many bad things happen in the spring game, yeah. uh, or too many scare, scare injuries that are yes. not that serious. Like just avoid all of that at all costs. And so by right, the second quarter and after the first few series, we're looking at like what you talked about, it's the backups, the new guys, the Mari Williams. Who I want to see, I want to see them take like six deep shots to
1: see what he can do. Yeah. Um. And it's I want to good. see him locked up with like a Latrell McCutcheon. Oh, I yeah. want to see Justin Harrington coming off this, in, like, you know, all that stuff. So that, that that's exactly what I, I like the spring game. The first half is great,
0: but once they get to the second half, and it's like the yeah. fours and the walk-ons, like the, and those dudes are getting their time to shine and they're probably yeah. enjoying it. And like, they're like, you know, to them, it's like organized practice game except with fans. And they're just trying to get reps in and, but uh, you know, the, fans yeah. were like dude nobody nobody cares like Joe, Castiglione, <laughs> Joe Castiglione's son like running the ball like that one year like nah, nobody cares yeah you know and there's always a spring <laughs> there's a there's a spring game all-star that like never you hear from them again like Marshall Musel, who was a fullback but was a running back just yes. for the spring game rushed for like a million yes. yards you know you know <laughs> but, but like the spring game it's fun you get to see the new players that's that's the best part yeah. about it but like the most thing I think of is just don't get injured just so getting get injured. Just yeah. so getting injured. But and like I guess this will, will 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 this will be the last thing we talk about. Um and I think it'll be quick hitter. Who on Oklahoma's offense gives you the and let's I guess we can say a couple of them, a couple two or three to you. Who are the big playmakers on this Oklahoma's offense, not Rattler? Oh man.
1: Um man, that's a great question. I really think if everything gets on track completely, I think Trajan Bridges really is a guy that is that. Um, I said this all along. The thing that I noticed in Trajan's game in high school yes, he ran routes, it's his hands. It, it is the way that he can have somebody hitting him with a two by four in the side and he will keep his eyes on that ball and squeeze it till he gets to the ground. Now I know that everyone's going to call the drop he had towards the end of the season oh, yeah. in right off the right. But I'm telling you, you go back to his freshman year, a couple of the balls that he caught for touchdowns, even, you know, as a true freshman, his high school tape, I mean, that's his deal. And so now you got a kid like Rattler that, wants to sling it and you get those oh, one-on-ones yeah. and those those shots are coming and he is going to take advantage of them he was so my I, breakout player
0: yeah he was my breakout yeah. player for this year and then all the smoke from you know i guess no. that's not the right yeah. word again but like all the all the <laughs> stuff all the stuff went down you know that we still don't know everything about and right. i'm like oh, come on man like yeah you know, I know. It's, it's not the fact that like not just the fact that he i expected him to have a huge year also just the fact that like personally like come on bro like we, we, you messed up once and like kind of a second time that's why you weren't on the field because your piss ran hot when the others ran back clean it's like i just just wish the best for the guy but he's one of my breakout players i wanted wanted to to be but what about uh i don't want to go obvious i don't i don't want to go marvin mims right because marvin mims he was in his high school body last year they like you said earlier they didn't have an off season the spring wasn't really there the summer wasn't legit workouts and so he's doing all this in his high school body It's just incredible so he's stronger and he's faster and Lincoln O'Reilly's like yeah we should have had him more in last year and now this year I'm just very curious what he's going to be like I kind of felt like early on uh, before even the season started last year that Mims was maybe going to have a Sterling Shepard-like impression on OU. And he lived more up to that high. He was the de facto, you know, receiver you threw to, and that was not Sterling Shepard his freshman year at OU. So I'm very curious to see what happens this year. And I don't want to say Stogner because, man, the dudes, you expect big things from Stogner, but he's just – it's not his fault. He's been doing injury stuff. Uh, If I were just to pick somebody that wasn't named Trajan Bridges – that was gonna have a breakout year, or a guy that gives you big playability. We already said his name. Give me Mari Williams. The yep, guy is 100. Four four speed. Um, he in Florida they play a lot of press, and so like if Big Twelve guys try to get up on him, he's too quick. He has an incredible footwork getting off the line. Whether it's in slants, that's how they're able to play him inside and outside or just Mm -hmm. going taking people deep and taking the lids off of defenses. So I'm very like, if if Marvin Mims can do it his freshman year, Lincoln Riley, and that offensive line gets its crap together, because of course the offensive line doesn't come back to campus 30 pounds overweight, uh, (sighs) that Spencer Rattler will have enough time to see Marv Williams taking the top off the defense. But, man, I'm I'm excited.
1: You're going to get me fired up trying to talk about this line because – I'm, I'm done with the overweight argument. I'm, I'm just, I'm done with it. Like, you don't think, you don't think, the, don't think you, don't, you don't think it was a big deal. I, I do think that's part of it, but like Eric Swenson, can can we just talk about this? Like Eric Swenson is your starting left tackle two yeah, years straight. in a row I'm on, straight. on a line that's supposed to be littered with talent. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And you
1: had a kid who was a true freshman who, yeah, was screwing up early on because he's a true freshman, and you still went with the guy that's just getting <laughs> dominated everywhere. Tyrese Robinson, you can say, wait, whatever, but he was the same the year before. He's just inconsistent. Like There's yeah. games where it's like, God, you're a mauler, and then there's other games where he can't stop a wet paper towel. And so I, like, don't tell me, wait, because it's two years in a row that this line has been underwhelming. And they're playing the same guys. Like the first year, it's like, okay, all new guys. We're breaking yeah, them in, yeah. right? We heard Ely was hurt. We heard Swenson was hurt. Like they're all healthy. Just imagine them healthy. And then it was worse. It was worse last year. And you cannot tell me that that's just COVID. They should be smarter. They should be more gelled. They should have been more. Because you played the same five guys. And so, yes, okay, they were out of shape. But like even so, they should have been as good they should have been as good as they were and and it just it never looked good the whole year so i and already we're hearing about swenson's already in yeah. the rotation again i'm really and sad rames yeah when i, I heard just, that i was so, i mean i'm mm, I, I can get so on a long soapbox on this oh yeah when, when, I mean, when
0: i heard swenson was getting major like reps i was like oh man we gotta do this again
1: <laughs> yes i mean i i and look, dude, that guy, he is a warrior. Okay. Oh, like, yeah. He fights every time injuries. I critique love it. a kid on here, he, he plays hard, all stuff. But I mean, again, I got blown up on Discord for saying, I'm not saying like he's on the hot seat in the sense of like you're going to move on from him. Right. But if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm in that office going, Can you explain to me what's going on? Because I, I see Stacy Wilkins. I, I've seen Anton here. I see Andrew Rame. I see like, like, this is like, why are we rolling the same five like constantly? And I know everybody's gonna go, well, the line has to chill. Okay, well, what about Alvarez? A year he was the center, you pulled have... him, and what happened the minute you put Creed in? Did the line get better? Yeah, I have some sure theories did. on
0: Alvarez. I have some theories on Alvarez. This in <laughs> this will be the I'll, I'll share this theory and then and then we can get out of here.
1: We got to close it, yeah. Oh.
0: I I have a strong feeling. That because Alvarez was battling injury issues all that year. And yeah. I have a very strong feeling that Oklahoma was just waiting for Creed to fully learn the playbook and to fully get command of the offense before they said, All right, well, you can retire due to injury. He retired due to injury in the middle of the right. season. And I was like, This seems too convenient. That yeah, they let yeah. Alvarez get banged up just enough time for Creed Humphrey to come in and wow play really well. So it's like, right. that's this is not this is not real. But like the whole like you said the Swenson thing when I when I when I was when I heard that he was getting a lot of reps I was like no please don't because <laughs> <you know, laughs> but you know like I think I think center Chris Murray is rocking it at center. Uh, they got yeah. a transfer in Robert Congo from Arizona. I don't know maybe you've got tyrese robinson got Rain. inconsistent but all of a sudden like in the florida game is running downfield with seth mcgowan and like blocking two guys marquise hayes who is a hothead, but you know it will cost you 15 yards here and there but is it a student now that just, guy straight up mauler
1: mauler oh, yes gosh. just a
0: road grader juanya yes. morris who is gonna play either tackle position don't know which one And so you got Andrew, like you said, Andrew Rehm, who's all got it all between the ears. And it's just Mm -hmm. a matter of putting it together physically. I'm excited for the line, but man, let's get out of here. But before we do, uh, Daryl, tell tell uh, everybody listening where they can find you and Troy stuff.
1: Uh, Main spot that we really communicate with fans and everybody is two places, Twitter at Just Sport. Um, We are in the Discord with uh, Kamyar and Steven, those guys. So if you're not in the Discord, please get in the Discord. It's a great time over there. And then our podcast everywhere, like everyone else, we're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on Google play. You can find us with Just okay. Sports blue logo, look for it. Um, get on there, find it. Um, AT&T stole our logo. So if you've seen that one, then you know where to find us. And so uh, grab it, get it. And uh, yeah, we'll we have a great time over there. We'd love to have you come and join us for the ride. All right. Well, Hey man, that about wraps us up.
0: Thanks for coming on the pod and we'll check everybody later. Me.